This podcast is actually going to start sounding like it's having no introduction. And that's because we just started talking about things that ended up being in the vault that Alessandra and I decided we're not going to release just now because we're still researching or we're still thinking about or still deciding on our messaging. So what you're listening to is a direct jump into the topic after we've taken the juicy bits out, which you can possibly hear um, at our Substacks and any other place where you can subscribe as a proper subscriber. But meanwhile, here is the free conversation and what we thought of. I hope you enjoy it. AI is going to accentuate the human debt crisis at first because middle management is going to attempt to utilize it to cover their impression management tracks. How how yeah. would it cover how would it cover their impression management? Here's how. Things they always had to ask for help for because they didn't know how to do. They no uh -huh. longer have to show it. Here's how wow. things that they uh, would have to admit that they don't know. They don't yeah. longer no longer have to produce the, to say that. They can pretend they've had a book out. They can pretend yeah. they they flooded the internet with all these unknown pieces of incredible content for all Chat GPT knows that was born yesterday. We mm -hmm. don't exist pre 2020 for Chat GPT, but I think no pre 29. No, I want to say pre mid 2020. But um, yeah. but, we, but every Joe and Jill that have just right now written the right code and the right SEO are going to be top of every SEO ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So all of our money and our work that we've put in original content, in promoting sites, if talking to each site master, like back in the day, hello, could you possibly put my logo here? In a, by the way, we never did that in a corner and so on. Um, <laughs> all of that work is going to count for now because some smart kid is going to know how to press one button and that button is going to spawn 10 of us. Yeah. All the yeah. things. Yeah. And, and if I'm the CEO and I have me and 10 of me, I'll have to make a choice. Which of these 11 duenas is the duena that I want to get in? Yep. And I'm confident a million percent that neither you nor I nor any of us in, in the in the higher, I don't, not in the higher, in the in the in the in the sides of the intellectual work we're doing need to be particularly concerned because by the time we even manage to train AI to a helpful point. We're a long way away, but people that don't need it to that, that, that fear it are people who are not at that level. They don't have that level of originality or individuality, and they are mm -hmm. eaten by fear. They are eaten by imposter yeah. syndrome, and they will use it to cover all of these things instead of. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, and then that's in some ways it can be beneficial, I guess, but it's about the human part underneath it. So th this is the problem with us. I think we should be recording. Are we recording? Yeah, I think we were. We'll figure it out. I'm sure post-production. Anyway, I want to show you this data here that shows uh, nope. the red lines, okay, mm -hmm. are the people who are exposed to AI. The black lines are the people who are not exposed to AI. Mm -hmm. Look at life satisfaction. Um, higher for people not exposed. Job satisfaction, higher for people not exposed. Job security, lower for people exposed, or sorry, worries about job security, lower for people not exposed, and worries about our own economic financial situation, um, 
it's starting to actually crescendo uh, because, you know, the world is screwed. Um, but you can see that there is a direct correlation to whether or not I'm exposed to AI and some of the things that make me uh, accelerate potential burnout or create anxiety at work. Right. I think it's a really interesting topic, without a doubt. AI in the world of work in general is a massive, massive piece for us to sink our our teeth in. Um, Because I think, quite frankly, first of all, we'll we'll, we'll go through a period of extreme polarization where where all of our uh, personal experiences with the technology are going to be brought forth as rule of law. And we will all know for a fact what's X, what's Z, and so on for a while, because we'll be the first to have grappled with this to a degree and so on. Once that settles, some of the data is going to come through. But you have to keep in mind who is using AI and in what uh, professional environments that this is being even exposed, becomes exposed to. And also we have to remember what industries that this is even uh, touching um, and my impression is that a lot of this data might be covering people like um, customer services and voice AI that's replacing people picking up the phone. All of those things are going to create a very different um, dynamic than the exposure of, I don't know, t- high tech teams to, to AI. Well, so I, think, I mean, different. look, I have a very close friend who is um, deep in high up at uh, Audible. And he says that his job will no longer exist right. in the next five to 10 years. I, I don't think any of our jobs will exist in the next 20 years. Uh, and I don't think they should. I don't think anyone's jobs should exist in the way that we have ever thought of it. I think what is going to happen is the, the we are on the brink. With, look, whether anyone tells you to go back to the office or not, we said this over and over and we'll say it over and over again. Whether you agree with the report or some boss is still attempting to breathe down your spine, these are small minor things that will eventually settle. And in the real world of work, the big change is from command and control to autonomy and empowerment from machines to actual human beings that not only are having feelings and emotions, but they also have needs. And those needs are directly connected to the ability of that company to succeed um, from either point of view. So this is coming, whether we uh, want to admit it or not, whether some dude tells you to come back to the office for the Wednesdays, it's not an issue, right? But what we're looking at now is that there's also a generational change, a a change of guard in the middle of it. There's also a context of international and social pressure. There's also a context of um, fear and and extreme malaise and burnout that we're all very heavily feeling. So when all those are put together, we are undoubtedly looking at some very, very difficult years ahead. So what we were saying last week is you don't have to tackle it all together. You don't have to fix it. What are we saying? Are we all dying? We're not dying. Start chipping at it. Start doing these popcorn experiments we were talking about. Start chipping at things that are genuinely chippable. But be precise and be honest and don't just go, I'll become a data-driven insights organization. That means absolutely nothing and you know it. Or Mm -hmm. I'll make sure that my people MPS scores raised. You mean, you know, that means nothing. You could easily have 20 suicides and still raise your MPS score. We've seen that happen. So let's be honest as to what we can and should be doing. And 
that's why we're here, you and I, because I have some questions that are not very nice. You have some theories about kind of like in, from this perspective of provider of software and what the hell is the holdup and you X person being in there going like, well, my holdup is you don't even bloody understand how many hundreds of things I need to deal with and how tiny this thing is that I know should be this big. Um, so let me ask you something. When, when an HR department, and I know it's a big ask, hypothesizes what they want to focus on for next year. And they are in that room. And the, the, the more junior people go, oh, but should we be also be doing something about well-being or uh, what should we do for mental health day or uh, however they perceive them, right? This is not me believing that that's how those people sound. This is how I've heard execs repeat they sound like. Um, the, like the annoying, but can we also do the fluffy stuff when there's so much to be discussed in terms of budgeting? Uh, what retention agency are we going to give money to? Is mm, the marketing director going to stab the CEO and tell all our business that we've been covering this one uh, compliance issue since 1992? All kinds of other political human debt issues that they're busy with where... Is this the truth that where stuff like our software, here's a tool to make your people grow their EQ and solve their own behavior becomes, that's cute, but call me about that some other year when I have a lifeline and I can breathe. Is that not what happens? That's absolutely what happens. Here's the, here's the flaw in that logic is that we can't do the same thing and expect a different result. And addressing human debt, addressing the humanness of work, humaning at work is how you get that other shit done. Okay. So like, how am I going to resolve? How did this become a problem in the first place? Chances are someone saw it and they didn't speak up about it. Fix that. Fix that. Don't spend all your time with all these other things because those things somehow feel safer or more logical. And I think all the things you just mentioned, we are at a crescendo point where it's kind of a trifecta of, of change. One, uh, existentially, we have serious problems from a human global perspective, climate change, war, uh, you name it. Okay, that has an emotional toll. We also have a huge population who has experienced, who had trauma, had trauma in the last three years through the pandemic. These things impact our mental health, period, full stop. Doesn't matter where I'm at, if I'm at work or not. Okay, we have AI changing exponentially, which is also an existential threat, a global crisis, whatever you wanna call it, okay? And that redefines what it is to be human or to work because we can't out-robot the robots. Mm. But the robots will try to out-human us unless we figure out how to do it. And that's the third piece, which is, as you said, we have a generation coming in that's requiring us to lead differently. And the spoiler alert is we actually lead better right. when we do those things. It's not that it's, oh, we're, we're, we're not lowering the bar, we're raising right. it because yeah. it is definitely a hump to become more. And I think where you and I debated last time was where do you start? Do you start with the teams, I love the popcorn experiments and I love to talk about those, brainstorm those, offer those ideas out to, you know, our our fellow fighters um, and advocates. Um, but I mean, I do feel very strongly, and I think this is a good debate for us, of starting with the individual, especially leaders, um, because 
we've ignored ourselves for so long. We've tr it's easier to, I think it's easier to focus on other people than it is ourselves. Um, and honestly, we get in our own way. Uh, we don't disagree. I never think, never thought that it shouldn't be done at an individual level. I think maybe I've misspoke there over the years. What I do believe in is that a leader cannot change the dynamic of a team in any which way. This is what I've said. What I've said is that every human being in the enterprise has a duty to up their uh, humanness, as you call it, game and their ability to understand emotions, their ability to react to each other, their ability to be empathic, their positivity, their whatever else they need to be doing so that they are whole human beings and adults at work. That is the ind independent responsibility, ideally, of every grown human. Um, and I think we should start to demand that of individuals at work, believe it or not. But we can't do that until we've offered something in exchange. And yeah, that's something exactly. in exchange, in my mind, has always been work on yourself with your team. So it was mm. never, let's only work on the team. The things that we teach our teams are practically individual skills in terms of EQ that they learn together with the team mm -hmm. by virtue of doing the team actions that the data is telling them to do. So to us, it's individual development done as a group because it's so much easier to have accountability, to make it, each other do it. Let me tell you, if I tell a, um, a, a, a CTO or a, or a run-of-the-mill developer to just take this action and talk to his pair programmer about um, his children and his childhood years, ain't going to be doing that. Are you serious? Yeah. No. But put them into big enough of a group where it feels like it might be useful to us. And like, if we do this thing, our data might change next sprint. And in this retro, we might have a better throughput. They bloody do it eventually because they'll see that changing. So our contention point was never just do the team, do the individual through the team. So focus on the team because it contains both instead of focusing on just the one and then leaving the dy dynamic out. That's that's yeah, what I guess. Contention. I guess what I and I think we're we're definitely our Venn diagram overlaps, but it does not completely. And it shouldn't overlap, do. Right? We should be worried if it does. <laughs> Right, exactly. But I mean, to me, um, what I see the biggest problem for leaders is their detachment from themselves and their self-criticism, their imposter syndrome, their all all the hazards that they aren't aware of, nor are they equipped on how to navigate because then their BS gets in the way. Um, we don't disagree on that at all. Absolutely, oh leaders do a hell lot of work on. on this. Look, let's be honest, right? The, this need of humaning at work will be absolutely part of your job. Your mm -hmm. job will never be without humaning from here on. This is something we need to accept. Yeah, No one's job will be without it because those jobs that are completely devoid of humaning are already being done just fine by the machines. And that's okay. That's progress for society. It's progress for society for those of us that are creative or have ideas or are capable of uh, innovation to offer that in a way that's unencumbered by lengthy and complicated, otherwise easy, doable tasks that are manual or easy to automate. Of course, all of that is progress. Does that mean that anybody is going to be only sitting there and dreaming? Probably not. We're going to have to find these like special moments to, to work together. Yes, absolutely. But what it means is that, that, that these pillars that you've avoided all your career as a leader. And if you know to yourself, you have avoided them, get yourself up to date, find out what the hell those emotions are, what are primary and secondary emotions. It's not difficult. They're about 
40 of them if you insist on the very silly names. Uh, then find out, uh, 100% serious, I've been saying this to execs for no, the last no. Then find out exactly how you feel and why you feel that way. Do some yes. of these things with your therapist or your coach and then start bringing some of the stuff to the team. Just tell them what the hell you're doing. That's all you can do as a, as a, as a leader. Yeah. Anything else is just to me not, you know, yeah. not, not as yeah, efficient. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things, so we teach about identifying what your stress response is, identifying what your biases are. Um, you said however many emotions, there's over 200 different documented biases that we have. So what are your unhelpful thoughts you have about yourself? Um, what hazards are you um, are you coming across? And then practicing radical acceptance of the things you can and cannot control. I mean, these are all things that sound simple, but are very difficult. And we avoid, we avoid, we would rather just talk about something else um, and pretend like that's going to work. Um, yeah. We'd rather skip our lunch uh, because we're so busy um, than spend the five minutes to set the boundaries because that's uncomfortable. I think it's a lot of that. I think it's a lot of non-humaning at every corner. I don't think it's as simple as boundaries. I think it's a lot. I think we all need to get some form of uh, injection of courage and of zest of life and until we have those two things in particular us at at you know very tired and burnout level it's going to be very difficult for us to pull ourselves through it without them and unfortunately it's a time in the like we said over and over again in the in the history of work where it's make or break and we have to learn some better things for these people coming in for no other reason than it's almost impolite to leave the workplace in the state we have brought it to and just go, well, from here on, like, you deal with it. And don't come to work, don't anything. Just talk about outcomes and feelings. Do whatever the fuck you want. How many keystrokes? Let's talk about how many keystrokes. How many keystrokes? <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I, you know, I was just using that as, a, an, as an example. Um, you can't be courageous if you're spending all your time criticizing yourself. <laughs> it's hard to be courageous uh, without confidence. Uh, so... I don't think so. I think people also need. Uh, I think so. You're right, obviously. But but you know what? Courage is a matter of decision. Sometimes, yeah, it, it is genuinely a matter of eternal dialogue, and you can train that. You can like Absolutely. we all know, like Absolutely. you train resiliency, like you train anything else. You can train exactly. that ability of being consistently courageous yes. and do that yes. together with your team, and then you're all gonna be more yes. policy. You're all going to be empowered and autonomous. You're not going to wait for anyone to say, as of today, you're an empowered team. You'll feel that way because you'll be in a better place from all points of view. Why do people put themselves through day in and day out pain and suffering for the avoidance of discussing fluffy things because they think they're incapable of it is beyond me. Yeah, same. But I think also, so let's talk about some of the data that we've seen, yeah. right? So. Uh, you, you and Dave were talking about the the fact that two out of every three projects fail, right? That's a huge problem. How are we not talking about this all the time? That is a huge waste of resources and money. Right? What do we think root causes on those projects failing? They, they didn't just all of a sudden fail. Uh, look, this is not new. Uh, unfortunately, it's not new research. This we have known about the sixty-plus percent of all projects for the last, God, I want to say ten years. 
um, mm -hmm. nothing much changed. It's actually like an internal joke. Oh, come on, like it's one one in three that works. It's like it's a normal thing. This is a lot has been normalized in technology that really should not be normal. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of waste that's acceptable. There's a lot of um, unquestionable elements of it that are acceptable. Um, it's a, it, but look, I don't think that the technology industry needs to answer for anything because they're probably a lot better off than very many other places. So yes. um, while I have my issue with them that this is not it, but there's like so many in, in the technology issue, I think in the technology area, that one of the biggest problems we have, the biggest clearest indications of human death is how we've talked about this before, is how when we promote accidental managers or accidental um that's what they call them now, I believe. Accidental, the, the, the studies we've seen just recently was calling them accidental um, team leads. I can't remember exactly. But the, the idea is if you become by mistake a leader and not by desire or by necessarily showing, you know, any type of, of, uh, of EQ or, or leadership skills, then it's very likely you're going to bloody struggle from then on continuously. There is no reason for us to believe as humans that managers learn on the job, no. that they learn communication or they learn how to help people accept themselves or they learn their own feelings. None of that. No. We have no, no evidence to believe that any no. manager entered the job and then in time they became a better man. There's no. This is a myth. Doesn't matter been... how many leadership books, the billions of dollars you spend on leadership training, because it's usually about time management and reporting and coaching other people. Now, Dave put in the chat that that was deployments, not projects, but the data is actually true on projects too, Dave. Yes. So, I know. I project management from the Project Management Institute. So this is the Institute of people who are responsible for leading projects, saying that. They our don't. batting average <laughs> it's kind of it. it's the world series it's our batting average ain't good no that i don't you know i don't like talking about the statistic at all is because it's been uh, flogged to death to kill agile because really? some of yes some of these initial numbers were agile transformations are failing two out of three projects don't work it's because the vast majority of projects were agile but the the truth of the matter is Projects themselves fail. They fail because we're riddled with human death. They, That's right. We are. We we that we have it everywhere. Did I say death? Just one reason for our uh, <laughs> for our subtitles to be catching it wrong this time around. So yes, we're riddled with human death in every enterprise. So, um, but we can we can do something about it, and we can do something about it today. And that is one: don't make any wrong moves. Don't make any of the big wrong moves. And two. Start making some of the small good moves. That's so right. Avoid the horrible bad moves, the come back or else, the uh, do every day or I kill you, the we're not flexible at all, the the monitoring uh, keystrokes, whatever the hell, where, you know, the, the rewarding toxic or sleep, whatever crap, all of that. Don't do those, right? Love and it. keep away from doing bad things and just do small good things. Do you feel a little bit better this week? Is this team slightly less burnt out this week? We're winning. Let's keep trying. That's so, right. Well, best of luck to everyone that's listened this week. And if there's anything we can do, meanwhile, please don't forget to you can subscribe to not only this podcast, but you can also subscribe to the People and Tech podcast, to the Married to Tech podcast, and very soon to the um, Neurospicy at Work podcast. Um, and obviously, if you just want to listen to me, there's a Drenas Reads and Rant that have a bunch of the chapters of the older books that are being read in my 
insane and agitated tone and a couple of really um, secret other things that we've released from the vault uh, recently. We have a bunch of other big things we are going to be talking about over the next few days. But before I forget, here's uh, another piece of an announcement, which is that my book, uh, Tech-Led Culture, has now finally dropped in the US and the rest of the world. And for anyone that is as kind as to buy it and to leave a review, there will be a 20% forever discount, whether it's for yourself, your enterprise, your CEO's transfer informational journey or um, some other books, but we'll, we'll do our very best to get our human debt fighters like having the tools they need so they succeed from here on. So thank you so much for everyone that has um, bought it already, listened to us, subscribed. Please keep in mind that we are obviously trying to make these moves towards a more... Um, if we wish a more private atmosphere where, where some of us are discussing things that are bigger about the industry, come join us. There are other, other pods you can come talk to us in. But over here, Alessandra and I have been compiling things for a good 10 years in total. So if we don't have the thing you need to fix your culture, it's very unlikely any of the templates or the um, little uh, open source things that you found on the internet will. Um, and if you find yourself at that point where you go like, I have 11 Alessandrias, which one is the real McCoy? Or I have 11 Duenas, which one is the real McCoy? Then we've done a poor job and you've done a poor job and we should all just go home. Anyhow, meanwhile, talk to you next week and thank you so much for listening to us. Bye. Bye.